We love you, Lord. I thank you so much for the Iron Show and for my friends, Johnny and Rick, Lord. Father, I thank you. I love you, Lord. I love you so much, Jesus. Okay, go ahead, go. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Well, the reason why is because uh, he already talked about the times and the seasons in in the fourth chapter. See, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through... 18, it says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven and with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. There you go. It says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Tonight, oh yeah, baby, we are on the Iron Show tonight. You have a nice voice. Well, I used to be a singer in my youth. I was famous. Well, why don't you get on the America's Got Talent? Because <laughs> uh, I'm really old. Okay, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Well, the reason why is because uh, he already talked about the times and the seasons in, in the fourth chapter. Suzanne, also known as White Tiger. Why don't you all sit down and listen with a nice cup of herbal tea? Oh, that sounds nice. Suzanne, can I ask you a question? Yes, you may. What's up? 
the Iron Show. What's up? What's up? Oh yeah, baby. All right, we are down here with Suzanne, and uh, we are going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about like the value of prophecy, and uh, we're going to talk about um, you know her views on prophecy and the importance of prophecy. And uh, we're going to do a kind of a little variety, you know, show. We're, we're going to focus on a few different things. And Suzanne has uh, has uh, told me that uh, there's something new that has uh, popped up, you know, and uh, God has led her to something very interesting. And uh, you know, uh, I'm kind of excited to hear it. You know, it sounds like, sounds pretty cool. So, uh, so Suzanne, hey, man, it's good to be here with you. Yeah, it's good to be here too. Yeah, right on. Earlier we were talking about, uh, like, we were talking about the rapture, and you read that part in. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. All right. You know, it said that, uh, you know, we were supposed to uh, tell each other these words to comfort each other. And also, it was because you and Rick had this argument that. he was saying that um, we're not supposed to concern ourselves with these things, and you made the point that we're not supposed to concern ourselves with these things because he already told us a few verses ago. It was in First Thessalonians, right? Yes. Okay. It was a letter to the Thessalonians, okay? There was no need for them to write anything about that, and... In chapter, was it chapter 5? Because of, they were already told about it in chapter 4. Right, that's what you said. Okay, yep. that's what I said. Yep. Okay, let me get my Bible and turn to it. We were talking about the importance of prophecy, and I said that, you know, there's this, there's this, there was this uh, scene in the Old Testament where, I thought it was in Samuel, but it's not, it's in um, First Kings, and where uh, the prophet Elijah... Um, Challenged the uh, he he said a prophecy that he would call down the um, fire from heaven and he wanted to see if it was a contest to see if Baal who would light it up Baal or God and he had all the Baal worshippers there you know and it was like a prophecy and it was fulfilled and the Baal worshippers turned to the Lord when they saw it we were talking earlier about uh, how how it was important for prophecy to um, be um, um, told uh, because as a witness to the heathen and uh, you know uh, there was this part where where I found it it's in it's not in uh, Samuel it's in first Kings and uh, um, it, I'll give you the background um, King Ahab he was like one of the worst uh, kings of Israel um, he what was, chapter and verse? Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm going to pull it from my head. I don't have it in front of me. It's, uh, uh, first Kings 18, 19 is where it starts. And, uh, yeah, first Kings 18, 19. And, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I guarantee you that's exactly where it is. That's where it starts. But, uh, I'm going to play you a clip of, uh, Brian Harden from, uh, Daily Audio Bible. And I'd just like to, uh, I'd just like to encourage everyone to go to dailyaudiobible.com. And uh, uh, listen to the Bible. He uh, Brian Harden. He's an excellent, excellent Bible reader, and uh, he's a long-haired musician with a really cool voice. 
and he's totally a spirit filled dude and he reads the Bible so good and it's just it's just such a it's so nice to listen to to the Bible every morning in my iPod on the way to work. And I really would challenge anybody to go to dailyautobible.com and start listening, uh, you know, every day. Uh, Brian Harden will take you through the entire Bible in one year. And all you got to do is listen 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes. Uh, you can listen to it while you're fixing your breakfast in the morning, getting ready for work, or while you're driving to work, you know, or um, when you get home in the evening. Or a lot of times I'll like want to, if I missed a day, I'll like want to, you know, listen to it in bed as I'm, you know, laying there ready to go to sleep. And, uh, you know, having the Word of God just flooding into your brain through your iPod, uh, it's a wonderful thing. And the way Brian Harden reads it, uh, he's just, the guy's just amazing. So yeah, dailyaudiobible.com. But I'll give you some history here. Uh, uh, Peter Goodgame in uh, Future Quake 64. That's, uh, if you scroll down on the Future Quake uh, past shows page down to, um, I think it's March 2007, you will find the, uh, it's the title of it is, uh, Revealing, New Revealings on the Identity of the Antichrist. And, uh, with Peter Goodgame's historic show with Dr. Future. Anyway, in the part two, I think it was of that interview, Peter Goodgame was going through the list of kings. He was saying, okay, well, this king was good in the sight of the Lord. This king was evil in the sight of the Lord. And there just were very few good kings and a whole lot of evil kings. And King Ahab was a very, he was a very evil king. I, I don't know, uh, as far as my research has gone, he was just about the most evil king that Israel ever had. And uh, he was at en- en- enmity with uh, the prophet Elijah. And uh, Prophet Elijah was a, uh, you know, he prophesied doom for uh, Ahab. And uh, really, uh, it was kind of a, it was kind of a strange thing. The way I understand it is that Ahab was hiding, for, uh, or uh, rather, Elijah was hiding from Ahab, and uh, and uh, Ahab kind of had orders to to kill him if he was found, but nobody really actually wanted to kill him. And, of course, uh, the way I understand it really is, the way that I see it is that God was just protecting uh, Elijah in a supernatural way from Ahab. But here we have um, uh, Ahab, a very evil king of Israel, and he had uh, he had really uh, turned Israel over, uh, helped them uh, devote themselves to the god Baal, who was a twisted uh, sort of uh, version of of uh, Yahweh, the Lord God of Israel. He he was Baal was sort of a uh, he was a sort of a little bit like he had a lot of the attributes that uh, God had, but he was a uh, he was twisted and evil. And the nation of Israel was many of them were worshiping Baal, and Ahab was behind that. And all of a sudden, uh, Ahab runs into Elijah. And uh, they have a contest between Baal and the Lord. And uh, here it is. Well, we, right here we, uh, right here we have uh, Ahab uh, running into Elijah, and uh, the contest begins. Ahab said to him, "Is it you, troubler of Israel?" And he answered, "I have not troubled Israel, but you have." And your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal 
and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So, Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us. And let them choose one bull for themselves. And cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. But put no fire on it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood. And put no fire on it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, It is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first. For you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it, and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered, and they limped around the altar they had made. And at noon Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep, must be awakened. And they cried aloud, and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances, until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of, of the oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water, and pour it on the burnt offering, and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. Yeah, and right there, did you catch that? Um, uh, Elijah, he got really cocky. And he's like, uh, he's like, he's like, bring me some water. And he soaked the whole pile of wood with the bowl on it. And then he said, bring me some more water. And they brought, they brought some more water, and they soaked it again. He goes, bring me some more water. And they soaked it again till the water was just running all down, off the altar and everything. Here we go. I'll continue the story. 
And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Did you hear that? Yes. The, uh, there was a prophecy that was fulfilled in front of the masses, in front of all the Baal worshippers. And what did they do when they saw it? They were they were converted. They fell on their face and said, "The Lord, He's God." And uh, that's just a that's just what I, what I was talking about. You know, it's like a it's just a it's a super powerful witness when uh, you know uh, God moves in front of people and the prophecy is fulfilled, and uh, it will turn the heathen straight to God. And there's an example of it. You know, I mean, prophecy was fulfilled. And, and and thousands probably of heathen, you know, Baal worshippers. They just got on their knee, on their faces. They got down, put their faces on the ground, you know, and just bowed down before God. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And uh, I believe, and it kind of reminds me of how God it will pour out His Spirit on all flesh right before. Uh, before the tribulation period. Um, right, there's going to be like this great revival or something, right? I mean, that's the way I always thought of it. You know? I'm trying to look for a scripture. Um, and King Solomon Wells said that uh, to me that uh, he said that me and him were like sort of for fulfilling prophecy because he said those with understanding will instruct many. And you know, I mean, I'm I, I'm not I'm like the least of somebody who has great understanding. I'm not I don't claim to have great understanding, but I do claim to to love Jesus. And I really think that that if I if I ask God to speak through me, He'll do it. You know, it's, you know, and uh, I I want to be one of those people who have understanding, you know, and instruct many. I know King Wells sure is. Uh, King Wells, man, he's like one of my great all-time heroes, you know. And, uh, you know, him and, and uh, Derek Gilbert and Dr. Future, Peter Goodgame, Chris White, Tom Bionic, Fizzy Boy. Um, these are all uh, teachers that are instructing many. And, and you know, and these, these people, they're just working stiffs, you know, except for Dr. Future. He's like this super scientist, but uh, I guess he doesn't count. But still... <laughs> <laughs> He's like in his laboratory, and then he and then he comes on the microphone. I'm Doctor Future, and then he instructs many. So you know, with the exception of Doctor Future, who's like a super scientist, 
you know, we just have these regular people, you know, uh, trying to instruct many. And I think, I don't know about me. I don't know about Johnny and Rick and Suzanne, but, uh, uh, you know, King, King Solomon Wells and Derek Gilbert and Dr. Future and Chris White and Tom Bionic, you know, and Lynn Marzuli and Russ Dizdar, you know, and Andrew Hoffman. They're out, th- they're out there and they're instructing many. You know, and uh, I think God is starting to pour his spirit out right now. I mean, I think we're seeing it start to happen. What do you think, Suze? Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. And what I've been witnessing, uh, as much as a lot of these pastors have, uh, is a an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon these small children uh, that are between the ages of uh, 7 and 10. They have... Um, a lot of them, they, they have such a beautiful voice. I, for example, that little girl on America's Got Talent, the way she sung last night, it, or the night before last, rather. Uh, she has a voice of a 30-year-old, and she sings opera, and everybody related her to like an angel. And I believe that is part of uh, the outpouring of his spirit upon these small children. And these pastors are witnessing these small children singing in the churches. And their voices are just so beautiful. And I, I think that's, um, to me, that's, that's like... Uh, well, witnessing Peter, for Jesus, you know, witnessing His power. Yeah, Peter you know, Goodwin says, you know, you gotta, you gotta look around, you know, for the signs because they're not gonna come from like the obvious places. They're gonna come from, you know, that little girl on America's Got Talent. You know, I mean, there's right, and it, you have to be able to recognize it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, the signs, the signs are everywhere, and God speaks to you through all kinds of things. You know, of course, you got to use discernment, I mean, because, you know, exactly. you could be shown, you know, you could be led astray, you know, by by thinking you see signs from God. So you've got to use your discernment. And when you, like, believe you've gotten a sign from God, you got to ask yourself, does this line up with Scripture? You know? Is this, exactly. You have to discern the spirits. I mean, we're called on, right, to discern the spirits, to test the spirits. You know, to mm-hmm. see if they're of God. I heard this really wacky thing on, um, oh, it was like on Coast to Coast or something a couple of years ago. And it was this um, this um, dude that contacted spirits. You know, it was totally uncool. You know, it was totally bad. But he said that he would, uh, it just freaked me out because he said that once in a while he would contact the spirit of Jesus. And the way he would oh. test the spirit is to ask him uh, about the sins that he's committed, and he said that he said that the way he knew it was Jesus was Jesus would say, "I, I don't know, I, I've I've forgiven your sins and forgot them, cast them as far away, you know, as the east is from the west." And I, you know, I just thought that was cool. I mean, I'm not saying that was, you know, he wasn't a, he wasn't a good guy. I mean, you know, supposed to contact spirits and stuff, but I just thought that was cool coming from a like sort of like a heathen. How um, you know he was testing the spirits, you know, and I thought that was a that was kind of a that was kind of a good 
that might be true, you know. Uh, if you contact, if you if you were able to contact the spirit of Jesus like he was, which I'm sure he wasn't. I mean, you know, yeah, it could have been. Yeah, a that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right to me at but all. But he would forget. But if it was Jesus, he wouldn't remember your sins. He wouldn't want to talk about him. Okay, listen to this. It says in right? Joel chapter two, verse twenty-eight, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see see visions. visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will shew wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and, ter- and the terrible day of the Lord come. So, yes, this is going to happen before uh, the tribulation period. This is like um, one last time when God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Okay, but the day of the Lord comes after the tribulation. Exactly. But the spirit, the pouring of the spirit out on people comes before the tribulation or right as it starts or well it doesn't really i mean you it it's going to happen somewhere in there i mean can you can well, you it's already say starting it's, i think you know god is really patient with his uh oh, man. with his children oh he's so patient with me i i tell you what uh i got a lot to be thankful for you know i mean uh yes me too <laughs> Tell you, uh, I'm telling you, man. Um, Johnny, 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 Johnny. Oh, Johnny. But uh, you know what? I just gotta. I just. I just. You know. I just like tell everybody to you know go to the Daily Audio Bible. Download. Um. You know. Download Brian Harden's uh, sermons. I mean, uh, his reading of the Bible. He'll take you through the whole Bible in one year. And I just, I just think that's, that's what my answer is right now for me is to just have the word of God just pumped right into my brain every day. And, um, right now that's the answer for me. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this on your computer and you don't have an iPod, by God, go get one. You know, go sell something. If you don't have some money, go sell something and get an iPod. And uh, soak yourself with the Word of God every day. I'm telling you, some people are. It's better to read it for some people. So you know that's just as good. You know, maybe maybe it's even better. But I have ADD, so I have a hard time reading. Like I'll read a page 20 times, and I still don't remember what it said. But for me, if it, I hear it, I'll, it just soaks right in. I listen to it. I hear everything and remember everything. So audio is the key for me. And you know, if, if you're out there and you've got a problem with reading, you know. Like me, then it you got no excuse. I mean, you can go to the Daily Audio Bible and listen to the Bible. And don't you think that's kind of the where you need to be, Suze? To that's like the first answer is to just, just soak in the Word of God. Exactly. I don't rely on uh, any other book or instructions. I, you know, I, you know, I get told to uh, read this, read that about the. Um, from the Puritans or, or whatever. I just, yeah, they're great to, you know, to read their materials and stuff, but I can't really seem to get really into uh, 
studying it like I do my Bible. I'm more committed to my Bible. And th- this is actually <laughs> pretty much the only thing I read most of the time is my Bible. Now, aside from reading the Bible, if you want to um, listen to some exciting things, go to FutureQuake, futurequake.com. Oh, yes. I, I, I love listening to people talk. Oh, <laughs> me too. G- yes. I, it's just... I don't like to read a lot of, about historians and stuff like that. Right. That's you can what listen to a about. lot of that. You know? But as far as uh, listening to like Future Quake or The Iron Show. <laughs> What's up? Now, I'd like to also uh, call your attention to uh, uh, verse-by-verse Bible teaching with Chris White and uh, Mike Tater Jr., also known as Tom Bionic, and called, lovingly called, lovingly called, Fizzy Boy by your boy Johnny. And I have to say, I have to say, I have to say, What's up, Fizzy Boy? Hey, Chris. I'm going to tell you what, it's, it's just like the greatest, it's the greatest, uh, um, it's the greatest Bible study, uh, that I've ever heard, really. And I've heard them all. J. Vernon McGee. You know, I met J. Vernon McGee once, uh, 1986. Shook his hand. I had hair down to my elbows and, uh, he didn't like long hairs, but I walked up there and he looked at me kind of cross-eyed and I walked up and shook his hand and I said, I love you, Mr. McGee. I've been listening to you for a long time. And he <laughs> he shook my hand and he signed my Bible and you could tell he didn't like me very much, but uh, that's my claim to fame, uh, meeting J. Vernon McGee. But but I listened to J. Vernon McGee's Bible study through the Bible study, uh, through the Bible in five years with J. Vernon McGee. That's a very, very deep study. But uh, I really, you know, of all the studies I've ever heard, uh, I really think uh, Tom Bionic and uh, and Chris White's verse by verse Bible Teaching dot com is really uh, it's really the best the best study I've ever heard. You know, it's two guys who really really go deep. They really do their research and they really present. I I think that they have the best the best hold on grace. That I've ever heard. I mean, uh, Bob George. Uh, um, Bob George is another is another uh, place that I would like to urge you to go, listener. Uh, Bob George. Um, it's People to People Ministries, and you can listen to Bob George uh, by going to realanswers.net. That's realanswers.net. And Bob George is a wonderful, wonderful Bible teacher who really has a grasp on grace, you know, and. Uh, uh, but ver- verse by verse Bible teaching dot com uh, with with uh, Tom Bionic with old Fizzy Boy and Chris White that is one serious show and uh, really would urge all of you people to go there and listen to it you know now Suze uh, you kind of you told me that you've uh, kind of stumbled on to something that God's revealed to you today and uh, what what's that about um. Uh. Actually, it's concerning the Islamic Antichrist. I thought that's what we were going to talk about. I thought we were going to finish that up. <laughs> so um, we could save that until another time, until we can finish that part up. I 
don't know if that will fit in to our talk. No, it would not. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's up? Well, we'll do, you know, we'll, we'll do we, that. We'll, we'll we do, do that. need to finish up that, the, you know, the one about the Antichrist. That's the one that we've been trying to finish. Right, right. This, and- <laughs> that's why I sent you the file because this is, I don't know, uh, the, the, our most recent, um, show that we did, um, Really, uh-huh. I listened to it, and to listening to you, it just ministered to me and hit me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it hit me really deep. So I just thought we got to do, we got to oh. finish that. I, th- I just thought that was such an important message. That uh, well, you had. I'm so sorry that I didn't listen to um, to those yesterday. I just well, you were in I, Ephesians, and uh, you were just pointing uh-huh. out the fact that um, it is important to listen to uh prophecy and and uh um and you know how paul says that you don't need to concern yourself with these things don't be deceived you know because i already told you like uh 20 verses ago you know mm-hmm. right i mean that's what he's really saying i mean a lot of people say well uh you don't need to concern yourself with these things because you don't need to concern yourself with prophecy and what you pointed right. out to me, what truly hit me deep, was that you don't need to concern yourself because I already told you. Right. Go back and listen again. Read it again because I just told you. That's what he really meant, right? Exactly. And, uh, you know, I really think that um, in these last days, in these end times, like Peter Goodgame says, Hey, Pete, love you, man. Love you, love you, bro, man. Pete, you know... You rock. What can I say? You know, all I get to say is Pete. What's up, Pete? It's so nice to know you. I really would like to have you back on the Iron Show, Pete. This is a formal invitation to sit with John and Suzanne for a nice cup of tea. And Pete, I would like to say, what, Susan? And don't forget your cup of herbal tea. Oh, that sounds nice. And I would like to say, Pete. What's up? What's up? Peter Goodgame, he's our brother. There's another person that you can listen to. Go to uh, FitchQuake.com and uh, listen to Peter Goodgame's interviews. Go to ironshow.com slash Peter Goodgame. And you will hear all his archived, my favorite interviews of ancient Peter Goodgame. And uh, also uh, go to ironshow.com, download.html, and to our download page. And you can listen to Iron Show 7 with Peter Goodgame and also the Christmas show with Peter Goodgame. And uh, that's another person I like to listen to, you know. But, um,. Anyway, um, so do you really think that um, in these end times that um, we're going to start to, uh, the heathen-like, we'll start to see prophecy being fulfilled, you know, right in front of their eyes and they'll turn? I mean, do you think that's going to happen in like a big way? Unfortunately, no, I don't. As a matter of fact, um, since they're not paying attention to the Bible... You know, these Bible prophecy fulfillments right in front of their eyes is 
they're not even going to realize that, that it's Bible prophecy. And there's, you know, we would have to point it out to them. That's why it's important for us to talk about Bible prophecy fulfillment in our time. And we have to, you know, that's why I work on comparing these uh, prophecies to uh, world events that are taking place now. And I talk about it with everybody, everybody I talk to. And that way they can see it. And, and, and I show them in, in my Bible. And what I do is people that don't read their Bible, I don't take them to the book of Revelations because they just don't, they wouldn't understand it. So what I do is I go with uh, the most basic scriptures like Matthew chapter 24. Why don't you read, uh, do you have Matthew chapter 24 in front of, in front of you? I can pull it up here. Now, I can turn no to it. Deal. I can pull that up. That's another thing. I, you know. Well, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> BlueLetterBible.org. I mean, that's another thing, people. I mean, go to BlueLetterBible.org and just start searching and reading. And you can even listen. There's just tons of podcasts and commentaries. You know, on there you can listen to if you're if you're into listening and not reading. But uh, Matthew 24. I'm typing it in. All right, and I and I've got it right in front of me, but uh, maybe you'd rather read it, Suze. You know, I wouldn't mind. I'd like to hear you read it because I'm just blah 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 all the time. Blah blah. Okay. Blah, 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 well, blah. if you want to uh, stop me whenever you want to say something. Well, go I ahead. would like to you to stop at when. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do that for sure. Yeah. And I'd like to stop at wherever the corpse is, there the eagles shall be gathered together. That's kind of where I'd like to stop it. And I'd like to start it at, you know, why don't you start at Matthew 24, 1. Uh, yeah, exactly, because that's how I, uh, that's what I do when I talk to people, is I start at verse 1, and I and I go ahead and, and I read them out of the King James uh, Version. And I'd like to say, for any of you who's new to the Bible... Why don't you start with Matthew chapter 24, um, 24, 1. Matthew chapter 24, verse 1 at the beginning. And uh, that is really, you know, it's really interesting for somebody who's new to the Bible, you know, new to the faith, or even if you're, if you're an unbeliever. I mean, I really think you'll find it very interesting and captivating to your mind. I mean, I think anybody would find Matthew chapter 24 very, very interesting. And I think it would speak to anybody, believe it or not, you know. So, um, have you got it in front of you, Suze? I got it in front of me. Now, Susan is going to read Matthew chapter 24 on the Iron Show. What's up, Suze? Okay. Okay, Suze. Okay. Okay. Let's trade verses. Oh, you want to take turns? Let, yeah, let's trade verses. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to shew him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, 
and what shall be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight not be in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time no nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened, there should be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive even the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Or, Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the corpse is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Now, um... I'd just like to say, I'd just like to comment on, um, on, um, one of the verses there that, um, that, um, really has always stuck out to me. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I really think this is sort of like, um, a, a proof text. And, uh, um, it's kind of a proof text to me because it really explains that there's, when this when this comes when this great tribulation comes, uh, mm-hmm. you know he really says 
that this has never happened before. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to the earth. And right. not only is it the worst thing that's ever happened to the earth and the people on the earth, but it's the worst thing that ever will happen. Uh, this is the verse. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. I mean, that verse is always just poked right out to me. It's just really stuck out to me. It's the one that really sticks out. That where Jesus is really saying that this is the worst thing that's ever going to happen and ever will happen to the earth. It's never happened before. And when it happens, it's going to be the worst thing ever. And it will never be like that again. It won't. It's the worst thing that's ever happened or ever will happen. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, and then, um, and then, and then the other one that always stuck out to me uh, was the verse right after it, Matthew twenty four twenty two, and he says, "Except in those days, except those days shall be shortened, there would be okay." Let me read. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And that verse has always stuck out to me too because it's going to be so bad that Jesus is just going to come in and just stop it all. Because of the elect. He's got the real believers there, and there is elect, and he is going to stop the destruction before it completely wipes out everybody. Because it says, it says again, I'll read it again, and except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. I mean, what do, what do you think of that, Suze? Well, that right there tells me that there's not going to be much people left on the earth when he returns. Yeah, I mean, Seriously. just the elect, right? I mean, or, well, there'll be yeah. some, yeah, there'll probably be some bad people still left, but not many. There won't be many of anybody left, right? I mean. Exactly. And the brightness of his coming will destroy the wicked. Oh, wow. Where's that? Where, where I've, I've that read that That scripture too. just popped in my head, and oh, I don't remember the wow. exact scripture. I love that. I love these aha moments on the Iron Show, because I've read that too, and I don't know where it is. I mean, we can find I'll it. I'll find but... it, though. I can find it quick. Oh, say I that bet. again. Say that again. And the brightness of his coming shall destroy the wicked. Wow. That's cool. Because, you know, like Moses, you know, um, he uh, wanted to see the Lord, right? Yes. And God said, well, no, I mean, you can't see me and survive. I mean, even Moses, a great and holy, wonderful man. A man of God. I mean, even even Moses couldn't look on God with and and, and live. I mean, it would kill him. It's his, the glory was so in, so incredibly intense that it would kill you if you saw it. So what he did was he let Moses see him just out of the corner of his eye as he's leaving. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And then when Moses came down, he was glowing for like glowing. Three, three he had days, a head of gray it? hair. Wasn't it like three days he was glowing? Oh, yeah, something like that, Something yes. like that, anyway. I, I should know that, shame on me, but... Yeah, yeah you know, me too. The brightness of his coming will destroy the wicked. Is that, what you, is that what the verse says? Shall destroy the wicked. I just need to find that scripture. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, because I mean, and it's like that when when like Moses, you know, he Moses wanted to see him, and he said, "Well, you can't see me and survive, but I'll let you catch just a glimpse of me as I'm leaving," you know, and that alone just almost killed him practically. And uh, so, yeah, when Jesus comes, the brightness, he'll, the wicked will see him, and they'll just they'll just like disintegrate, you know. They'll just exactly. like flash out, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, a lot a lot of times, you know, people think that um like um they would if they saw Jesus, you know, that they're so close to him that they could probably sit down and have a talk with him. But really, you know, I gotta just gotta tell you for me, if I saw him, I would just like fall on my face like I was dead. You know? Mm-hmm. I think I would end up, uh, you know, bowing down before him. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I couldn't even look at him, I don't think, just because of the glory and stuff. And also, it would really show me, you know, how far I am from him. Because all of us believers, you know, we, even the best of us, are pretty far from, from Jesus in this flesh, I think. While we're exactly, I found flesh. it. Do you think though? Do you think that, or am I? Do you think I'm off? I think even the best of us are still kind of far from him, you know, because his glory is so incredibly, you know, like pure that even the best of us, while we're in this flesh, we're still even the best of us are still kind of far from him. Do you think that's true, or or do you disagree? Well, uh, yeah, that's true. Well, um, our we're we're in a um. You know, we're living in a sinful world. We are sinful. You know, we fall short of the glory of God every day. We are wretched, and it's only by God's grace we are saved. Only by His grace. And uh, sing it with me. Sing it with me. Sing it with me. Sing it with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You didn't sing it with me. No, I can't sing. I will start choking. (laughs) I can't sing either, but I, you know, I try. You know, I, would, I absolutely one, cannot sing. That's the one hymn that uh, really hits me uh, hard. Uh, you know, "Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me." And I really, you know, Johnny Boy, he's a wretch. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I'm gonna lie to you. You know, uh, I, I'm trying. You know, I, I'm really trying. But you know, I, you know. I don't really know other people's hearts, but I know that um, you just got to show love to your brothers. You got to have mercy on the poor. If you see somebody who's hungry, you got to help them out. And, you know, and I, you got to try, you know, you know, you, you are, you're in this flesh and, and, and I know that it's a struggle and you think that you just can't live up to being a Christian, but you got to try, you know, you got to, you got to try got to show love to your brothers and sisters you know i love you sue mm-hmm. i love, love you too sue. and uh it's great to be here with you i'm telling you what and uh so um 
I'd like to like um I'd like to say another thing about um, Matthew chapter twenty four and uh, well hold on I found I found the scripture oh you okay now Suze has that scripture that she was just talking about read it okay in Second Thessalonians chapter two first eight and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy. With the brightness of his coming. Wow, where is that exactly? Uh, in Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verse eight. That Thessalonians—that's a really oh man, that's a good book. We stopped it. Um, where, wheresoever the corpse is, there shall the eagles be gathered together. And uh, really, that was kind of the end of his um, talk for that for that. For that session right there, he goes into another session. But, uh, you know, Peter Goodgame really, um, uh, really showed me that, um, uh, it's the eagles are like the rulers of the world and the corpse is the Antichrist. And, uh, and, you know, in an iron show, and they'll be gathered, they'll be drawn to the corpse, which is the Antichrist. And, and, uh, and also in Iron Show too, uh, me and Rick talked about, you know, how, how, uh, you know, the whole, the world, the world, worldly people, people in the world, the heathen, you know, the unbeliever, they're attracted to dead things like evolution is a dead religion, you know, and they're, and it's, it's been proved wrong, yet they're still attracted to the death. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead, you know, and I think when you're in the world and you're an unbeliever, of course you're dead, but I think you're also attracted to death. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that weird? I mean, you ever thought of that? It is. It, it yeah I, I I do follow that and uh, you know I um it kind of reminds me of my son's dreams that he has and I used to have them all the time when uh, about ten fifteen years ago I was having them like all the time and I couldn't figure out what my dreams was trying to tell me I knew it meant something and and then my son started having them and it was these dreams these relentless dreams of uh, zombies just walking around and, and and then I one day it just a light bulb went off in my brain and I figured it out that these zombies are people that are spiritually dead and that's what we were seeing in in our dreams oh cool yes and that's basically what these uh, these Unbelievers, these people that reject God, they're spiritually dead, and they're like zombies. Yeah, that's cool, and it's it's really true. I mean, the dead are attracted to the to death, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it's just uh, it was kind of a revelation to me when I figured that out, you know. But um, then I think it's. I think it's really important that um, I think it's really important that um, we go on to the next verse, which is uh, Matthew twenty four twenty nine. Okay, uh, would you like for me to begin reading? Yeah, read read Matthew twenty four twenty nine. Okay, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. 
And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now, um, I, I just like to back up to the verse that uh, Suze just read. And uh, why, don't, why don't you read it one more time, Suze, uh, twenty four twenty nine. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Now, um, I really think that Jesus is talking about two literal things and one figurative thing. Okay, and here, let me explain. Because um, he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. Now, I really believe that the sun is going to go dark, and the moon is going to go dark. And there's going to be a great darkness on the earth, literal darkness, literal darkness. And, uh, and, then, and then he says, um, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now there, he's not talking about the stars like, you know, like uh, M109 and, uh, you know, all the stars out there. He's talking about, uh, when he's, usually when he's talking about stars, he's talking about angels. And Dr. Exactly. Yeah. And Dr. Future gives this huge, he's got this huge, um, like, um, I don't know, dissertation um, on this, on the stars. And I really believe that it's, it's um, I really believe we're looking at um, when, this, when he says, um, the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. I really think he's talking about uh, fallen angels manifesting again, you know, or... Another thing that I thought of just this second, maybe um, good angels will come down and like uh, gather the elect, or not gather the elect, but protect the elect and help them escape, you know, wrath of Satan, not the wrath of God, because the elect are protected from the wrath of God. But you know, have you ever thought of that? Maybe you know, because most people. Like I know, Doctor Future really thinks that um, that these stars of heaven will be will be fallen angels, bad guys. Okay, this uh, is what I think it could be talking about. Okay, you know how we have the first heaven is our atmosphere, and and we have the second heaven, and then the third heaven. Okay, it could be talking since it didn't specify which heaven. I'm thinking maybe it's talking about the first heaven. You know, Satan is uh, has the is the power of the air. Okay. And he has his demons, which are the fallen angels, and they're like in that air. And I believe they will be fallen because in the next verse it says, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So I believe that... The Satan and his angels will be thrown into hell, and it's like falling from heaven. Okay, okay, because you know, in 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 the verse, like two verses from that, I mean that that makes a lot of sense, and I think so. Doctor Future is really right. Because, you know, in Matthew twenty four thirty one, which is like two verses down, it says, and then, shall, and then he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So then, so like I was saying before, 
I had it wrong because I had it wrong in that one, in the verse uh, the verse uh, twenty four twenty nine. But but it looks like um, that happens anyway. You know, I, what, you know, it was like you said, it's like the bad guys are in twenty four twenty nine, which is, you know, and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Mm-hmm. And, but also the good guys show up also after that. Cause it says, then he shall send right. his angels with the great sound of the trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one he- uh, end of heaven to the other. And Dr. Future, um, Dr. Future has this, um, has this really cool theory, and it goes on. It, it goes together with the stars uh, thing, and the stars thing, and um, it's about the fig tree, and um, and uh, one verse down, Matthew uh, twenty four thirty two. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put us for, putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. You know that summer is near. So he's saying, when, you know, Jesus said, this is, a, this is the, like the riddle or the parable of the fig tree. Listen to this. This is a clue. He's saying, when his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Now, Dr. Future, he's got this, um, he's got this theory about the fig trees because um, he went and studied figs. And um, they're known as false fruit, and they have to have uh, this certain kind of insect to germinate them, or they won't grow. And uh, I'm not really sure why they're false fruit, but um, he really he really thinks that um, it's like um, he thinks the fig tree isn't Israel, like a lot of people are teaching, like a lot of prophecy scholars teach. Um, because they'll tell you that the the fig tree is Israel, and when it comes back into the home, when they come back into their homeland, and everything, and Israel's established, then you know that it, the, the time is near. But um, my cats are fighting in the background. But uh, um, but Doctor Future thinks it's really a manifestation of the fallen angels. That's that's the fig tree. That's the that's you know we start seeing that a whole lot. You know, and that lines up with a lot of, uh, you know, Lynn Marzulli's, uh, you know, research. And, uh, also Dante Fortson and, uh, you know, even, even Chris White, I think. And, uh, so, um, what do you think of that, Suze? I can't see it. Uh, I'm sorry, but, um, that's not what God has shown me. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I'm open. Um, I mean, I don't know. Well, what do you think it is, the fig tree? Okay, it's like our generation, okay, um, where it says, When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. Okay, stop and think about this for a minute. It's not necessarily talking about Israel, but you can relate it to Israel because Israel became a nation in 1948. And basically that was when the clock started ticking. And you could say that generation. Right. Which was like, young at the time when uh, Israel became a nation again. Uh, it's that generation. That's what I've always been taught. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I've always been taught. And I've heard you know, people. It also say, prophecy. Prophecies have double meanings, though. So it could well, be both. It could be both. You know, there's a lot of times you have a prophecy that has a totally a dual fulfillment. I think I know where you're going though with this. Uh, I think you're going in the direction of the the fallen angels be becoming the Nephilims. They they will rise again. Am I am yeah. I correct? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Okay. I thought so. Lynn Marzulli really thinks that they're going to manifest again. And also, I, I uh, don't, I cannot, I'm sorry, I just, I cannot see it. I think God's judgments are going to be so terrible. I don't think there will be a need for these, uh, for these Nephilims to return. Well, you know, God will use just about anything he wants for his judgment as a tool for his judgment. You know, like, well, even, even just because I can't see it though at this point doesn't mean God won't show it to me later on. Yeah. And I, you might, I, just, it's just not being revealed to me at this time. Okay. That's cool. I mean, this is just, I'm just speculating and I'm just telling you about theories. That I've heard. Yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not pretending to know this stuff. I'm just gonna, you know, put this stuff out so you can, you know, kick it around in your head. You know, everybody. It's worth researching. It's, it's worth the research. I'm, I will research it. But it's really I'm important. Open, I'm, I'm very open minded to this. <laughs> yeah, because I would really like to understand it, and uh, I think, I guess, as we get closer, I think we're gonna understand it more and more and more. That's what I'm. No. And that's kind now, of the whole. That brings us back to the whole, you know, message of this Iron Show episode is that we need to, we really need to look at these prophecies and study them because they're there for a reason. You know? There is a scripture, however, that that came to my head and it's kind of gnawing at me, uh, and I got to find it's in the Book of Revelations about the locust that comes out of the bottomless pit. Oh yeah, those are terrible. They sting men, and the men and men are in, in terrible pain, but they can't die. And uh, Dr. Future thinks that it's some kind of drug that keeps them alive, you know, and uh, in terrible pain, but they can't die. And, you know, we were joking. Uh, I said, you know, well, I know that if you have a, a huge dose of dexedrine, it's awful hard to kill you. And Dr. Future was like, oh, yeah. And, and yeah, I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, the mount, mountain climbers, you know, they get up they get up in really high altitudes and their lungs start uh, bleeding. It's called um, edema, uh, pulmonary edema. Uh, and they take a big dose of dexedrine, which is speed, and it totally stops it. And they're like, they're totally like fine, you know. And then, well, of course, they have to come down from the high altitude. But also, it's really I know for a fact that if you get hit by a Mack truck and you're completely loaded with vitamin C, you have a uh, uh, you have a fifty percent higher chance of survival. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a that's a fact. Wow, I've never heard of that before. That's good information. Thanks. Yep. Yep. A vitamin C makes your makes your whole constitution uh, not impervious to shock, but it makes you you know twice as able to take a trauma as you would otherwise. So yeah, yeah. Your chances are fifty percent better if you're loaded with vitamin C and you get hit by a Mack truck or really any truck. I think a Ford would be would qualify. What's up? What's That's up? That's funny. What's up? <laughs> okay. Say it. What's up? Say it. What's up? Say it. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. That was beautiful, Suze. What's up? So, um... <laughs> <laughs> this is an Iron Show. You know what I'm talking about? We're on the Iron Show. Don't you know it? <laughs> Okay, but um, I'd like to also, you know, read just a little bit further. Um, okay, now I'll start back with Matthew twenty four thirty two. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put forth, put forth leaves, ye shall know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. 
Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. So he's talking about, he's talking about that there is going to be a generation that comes about, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of prophecy scholars, what do they say, Susan? That generation, where is it in the timeline? You know. Tell me. Well, it started from 1948. Right, that's what they teach you, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it may be that it may be true. I mean, that's the most popular teaching out there. That there's a generation that was now. Some will argue with you and say, "Well, no, 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 no." It's really after the Six Day War, 1967. So um, that gen- the generation that was born in either 1948 or 1967. That generation will not pass until until the this all happens. There, so that means uh, if you're born in 1948, you are um, 62 years old right now. So yes, would be that's how old my dad would be on the 24th of this month that he passed away at the age of 60 in 2000, January of 2008. Yeah, and God rest my mama. She died in 2001. And she would be 70. She would have just turned 70 about two weeks ago. But anyway. And the strangest thing is, my dad was never interested in Bible prophecies. He just didn't feel the need to learn anything about it. And it, and I, I thought, you know, and I prayed about it and prayed about it. And then God had. You know, revealed to me that it's because my dad is not going to be here to experience the um, what's coming. Well, now, in in some ways, it's a good thing. In some ways, it's a bad thing. I mean, because, um, you know, I mean, it's not going to be pretty. It's It's not not. something you're going to want to go through, really. No, absolutely not. We've got to look forward to it because that's when Jesus comes back, and that's our hope, you know. I mean, that's our hope. That's Jesus is the Jesus is the reason that um, the whole world exists and that you exist. And and believing in Jesus, you know, when you wake up at three forty-five in the morning and you and you you look at and you're looking at death and you're looking at the end of the road and you all all you people, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus is the answer to that. He's the answer to death. And uh, I think that's, you know, the most important thing to know. I mean, that's why we believe. That's our hope. You know, and, and even if we got to go through these times, you know, we've got, we've got a wonderful future ahead of us afterwards. I mean, I mean, you can't, uh, what does the Bible say? What did Jesus say? He said, I hath not seen nor ear heard. What God has prepared for them to love him. You know? I mean, he's got so much planned for us. So much wonderful stuff that we're going to think about this life and just go, oh man. This is nothing. This That life was nothing. But, mm-hmm. but we're going to, um, we're going to have to give an account one day of what we've done. You know, have we told people about Jesus? Have we? Have we fed the poor? Do we do we care about our brother? Do we love our brothers? Do we show love? You know, or do we argue and fight? You know. But uh, anyway, um, 
I really think that like you, like your dad wasn't interested in prophecy. Uh, I really think that um, that you you can you can you can be a believer and really not be interested in prophecy and just be interested in Jesus. I think that's fine. I think that's because fine. it you know I I saw mm-hmm. how God worked in my dad's life in the last three years. I mean the last three years before he passed away. It, he has grown so much spiritually and he's gotten so close to God he uh, he would witness to other people and he had he he carried a message with him he he was sick with so many things and he had leukemia and that was uh, and he used that he used his testimony to reach people and, and that was be, his. He's going to be rewarded for that. Yes, yes, you know? exactly. And when my dad passed away, and I watched him take his last breath, I could feel angels around. I, I just, I, I just felt so surrounded with angels, and I was so at peace. Yeah, my mama, God rest her soul, I, I held her hand as she died. And uh, she didn't have any painkillers or nothing. She died, you know. She had brain cancer and liver cancer and every, cancer everywhere, all over her body. And, and when she died, man, it was brutal. I'm talking about brutal. I'm talking about gasping for air and squeezing my hand so tight I thought it'd break. And, and then, but about like halfway through this, all of a sudden this... This look came over her face and she saw somebody. She, her eyes were closed, but this look on her face was like, oh, wow, oh, like somebody that she, 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 she knew, you know, and she was so happy to see him. And she was just like, oh, this look on her face was incredible. And, and everybody in the room goes, what, what's she doing? What's she seeing? And I said, I'm saying, she's seeing Jesus. Jesus is coming for her right now. That's what she's seeing. And she's the, and that's what, you know, that's what happens, um, to people. Like, I'd like to say, you know, like in your last hours, um, Jesus is going to come to you. You're going to see him. Uh, I don't know if this happens every time, but you can pretty much count on seeing Jesus in your last hours of life. You know, uh, so many people report it, you know. Exactly. I mean, if you're a believer, I mean, and, what does it take to be a believer, you know? I mean, you, you think, well, you know, I don't believe in Jesus and stuff, and I think it's a bunch of bull, but, but you know, I'm willing to give it a shot, see what happens. And, you know, if you could at least do that, that's a starting point. I mean, any kind of starting point, that's what I want, you know. You know, that's what I want from, you know, you, listener out there. I mean, just start somewhere. Just say, you know what, Jesus, I don't really believe in you and stuff, but... You know, show me that you're real. You know, I mean, show me something. And I really, I guarantee you, he's going he's gonna to manifest himself to you. If you really ask earnestly, if you really come to the end of yourself, and you don't have an answer for death, and you need an answer for death, and you ask Jesus to reveal himself to you, he's going to do it. I've never heard of anybody that, that, that asked that question, and it didn't, and didn't get an answer and you need to look for it you know you need to look for it like Peter Goodgame says because there will be signs everywhere 
So you look for it, and Jesus is going to manifest himself to you, and you'll see it in little things like somebody will say something to you, or you'll have a dream, or uh, something will happen. You'll ask Jesus to do something, and something will happen just like you asked him. And that's how it happened for me. And all these things, it was just too, there was no way that it was coincidence. I mean, it was so convincing, you know. Well, ask Jesus to give you inner peace. And I, I've had that need. feeling of inner peace. And there were times when I asked Jesus, I'd be sitting there crying because I was feeling overwhelmed uh, with my uh, medical condition and I I asked Jesus to hug me and I just I felt it I felt like he he was hugging me and I had so much peace inside and I just felt so relaxed and I knew that everything was going to be okay and I've had I've had times where I just imagined myself just down up on my knees you know and grabbing onto his robe and just kind of covering my head in his robe just kind of hanging on to him, and uh, that's that. That'll give you peace. Think about that. Just think about being at his feet, you know, and hanging on to his robe, you know. And uh, Jesus said, "He said, you know, uh, peace will I give to you, not the not the kind of peace the world gives to you, but the kind of peace that God will give to you." And you know, that's what everybody wants, you know. I mean, you can be rich and be horrible, miserable, because you got that terrible shaking in your guts, you know? And because no matter who you are, how much money you have, or where you are, you you think, you think from time to time, you see the end of the road. Don't you, Suze? You see the end of the road. And you're scared. Yes, I do. And you're scared. And uh, Jesus is the only answer. The only answer to that. It's the only answer to death. And uh, so, anyway, um, so uh, I think we, I think we've nailed an iron show. And uh, I just really was happy to be here with you, Susan. But maybe you've got some more stuff to say. You know. Well, I think we've said it all. I mean, we've covered a lot. So anyway, um, that's that's what you need to do. Get down on your knees and ask Jesus into your heart, into your life. You know, what do I got to give up? You just need to come to Jesus now. He'll lead you. He'll tell you. If you need to give stuff up or change your ways, he's going to change you anyway. I mean, it's 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 all in him. He starts a good work in you and finishes it. You know, um, you just need to trust in him. And that's where you need to start. So get on your knees and ask Jesus into your heart. So, man, we've had this killer session uh, with Suze. And uh, uh, what's up? This has just been great, man. Suze, I love you. Love you, too. We we are going to end our Iron Show in the traditional way with our one, two, three goodbye. And uh, I think I'm going to have Suze. Start the count. Are you ready, Suze? Go. One, One two, two, three. three. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Suze, are you still there? Suze, hey, Suze, are you still there? Go away. <laughs> <laughs>